Hello there and welcome to episode two of the Stronger at Home podcast. My name is Ben Duick and I'm here with my podcast co-host. Kendra Duick? I thought you were going to say like your wife. My lovely, beautiful podcast co-host. That's better. Of course, this is not being recorded with video, so people just have to believe me. Imagine. (laughs) Imagine and believe that this is the case for us here. If you've tuned into our first episode, you'll know that this is a relatively new podcast. We have intended to do more episodes than we have, but this is episode two. So if you haven't listened to episode one yet, go back and take a listen to it. And it's our opportunity, Kendra and me, to talk about a few different things like home life and marriage and kids and just life in general. A little bit focused through the lens of Clifton Strengths is one of the primary pieces, but I mean, we might talk about other things. <laughs> you never know. You never know what might come up. With that said, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Clifton Strengths and digging into that a little bit. And we are going to be talking about one of the exercises that I do with a lot of my clients in, well, I mean, it's mostly in the business world, but I do this with a lot of other people as well. And just as a reminder, I'm a Gallup certified Clifton Strengths coach and the Clifton Strengths Assessment, formerly called Strengths Finder, they rebranded it is a tool that is used by many different companies, 90% of the Fortune 500. But I mean, that makes it sound like it's only used in these big, huge companies. It's used in organizations around the world, every different industry, every different type of sector that you might imagine, different company sizes, but not just in business. It's used for individuals. It's used for nonprofits, all those wonderful things. And Kendra and I have found it pretty fun to use for our family and our marriage. Would that be accurate, Kendra? Yes, there are some good books about using StrengthsFinder for marriage and parenting and stuff like that, too. Yes, I think there is specifically one called Strengths-Based Parenting that if this intrigues you, you might want to check that out and give that a read so you can learn a little bit more. Today, we're going to be doing a focus around Clifton Strengths using a tool called Balconies and Basements. Now, I will say that Gallup, the company that certified me and uses Clifton Strengths, is moving away from using that terminology, balconies and basements, because Clifton Strengths is used around the world. And in some places in the world, they don't have basements. So balconies and basements doesn't fit very well. But most of the people listening to this are probably living in areas where they would understand what basements are. So we're going to stick with that terminology. I tend to like it because it just really the imagery tends to come through. What do they change it to? Help and hinder. Oh, I was hoping it was something like towers and ditches or something. Like, Could they change it still to a height difference? I mean, I can change it and use whatever metaphor I want. Yeah, come up with your own. (laughs) Well, the reason why I like balconies and basements is because of the imagery that it shows, right? So if you picture, you know, balconies, most people, like if you go to resorts, you pay extra for the balcony view. People love being on balconies. And I like to always imagine being on this balcony overlooking the valley, like you're up in the mountains on this chalet. And on the balcony, you have a hot tub and you just love being on the balcony because that's where your hot tub is. I mean, I love hot tubs, but also the view that you get and it's just a great place to be so that's the balcony side of things basements a little different (laughs) now some basements are really nice but the image i like to think of is if you watch those movies that involve dark dingy basements with a flickering light bulb and you know that the villain is down there the monster or the creature of some sort and then the character in the movie for some reason always goes down those stairs (laughs) and then part way down you can kind of picture this they pause and they say hello (laughs) and when you're watching you know that no like don't go in the basement that's where the bad guy is and so it relates to clifton strengths and i'll explain why a little bit but what do you think of that those images so it's like luxury balcony and creepy basement yes Mm -hmm. and where would you rather be kendra (laughs) well it's a bit ironic that we are recording this in a basement 
our basement is dark and dingy and there's no villains down here as far no. as we know. But I, yeah, I would like to be on a balcony right now. Yes. Our daughter did come home today from being away for a while and she lives in the basement, but she's not a villain. <laughs> she's a lovely daughter. <laughs> So the other way of viewing it, like I said, Gallup's started calling it a lot more help and hinder, but I really like to talk about it in a way, and I think it's Marcus Buckingham, who was one of the people who helped kind of create StrengthsFinder and kind of market it, that the balcony side of things is really when your strengths give you more of what you want, and the hinder side of it is when your strengths give you less of what you want. That's kind of a short summary of it. And another way that you might've heard this said is that sometimes our greatest strengths also are our greatest weaknesses. I don't like that phrase because... A strength can't be a weakness. It can just do your same thing. It's, it's not doing what it should do. So how do we actually talk about it in a way that helps us identify what it looks like in its best version possible, the balcony, so we can go there and never have to worry about the basement. We don't want to go to the basement. We don't want that to happen. It might happen sometimes, but if we're clear on what the balcony looks like, we can go from the basement to the balcony and use our strengths the way that we should be using our strengths. Right. That's the way I like to view it. So if you're listening in, really just think of whether you've taken Clifton strengths or not, how can your strengths that you have, because we all kind of have a rough idea of what we're good at, even if we haven't taken an assessment like Clifton Strengths, how can you use them in their best way possible? And if they are getting in your way, then let's try to make sure they're not getting there. Let's be in the good place. <laughs> good plan. Good plan. So Kendra and I are going to talk about this. We're going to pick two of our themes of our top five. We'll see how much time we have and see if we can get through two. And we're going to talk about what it looks like for us when we look at it as balconies and basements. And Kendra's never done this exercise before. I've done this exercise many different times. So I think it's more fun if Kendra starts. Oh, okay. Don't right. you think that's fun? Well, I don't know. Like maybe the professional should lead. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a lot more fun to hear okay. thoughts for, from someone who hasn't led. So just as a reminder, Kendra's top five themes, and she's not doing all top five, but empathy, number one, individualization, number two, then restorative belief, developer. Now, of course, there are 34 possible themes. That's the top five. That's where we like to focus. Start with what you're great at, not with what you're bad at. So Kendra, do you have one of those that you'd like to talk about from a balconies and basements? I'm going to pick restorative. So when you think of restorative, what does it look like when you're using that talent theme, that strength at its best? Hmm. The things I like about it are over the years, I feel like having the strength of restorative has made me a very driven and determined person. When there's something that's important to me, I work really, really hard to, I guess, to fix anything that is hindering whatever isn't working in my life. Like I love fixing broken things. I love restoring relationships, restoring communication, restoring I don't know what it all counts, like what it can all cover. I like restoring anything. I like buying old things and fixing them up. I just like fixing. I feel like no matter how bad things are, you can always fix it. You can always find a way to restore it and bring new use out of it. And so it brings joy to my life when I can find new uses for something, new ways of approaching something, like ways of just fixing something because I don't like to give up on stuff. Yeah. And restorative, you sum it up really well because it does kind of apply to lots of different things that you can, ways that you can use it. And so it makes sense for you. When have you noticed, is there any specific example that you can think of where restorative shone through for you in a good way? Like, where it's like maybe a type of situation where it often comes up, like be a little bit more specific. What comes to mind? I have dealt with health issues for like over 20 years. I first started feeling sick when we started dating, which I made you sick, <laughs> which was not connected at all. But that was when my health issues started. And so 
our entire relationship, I have always been dealing with different health issues. And it's really hard to deal with chronic health for a long period of time. But through that whole time, I usually don't spend a lot of time sitting around feeling sorry for myself and accepting that, well, I guess my life sucks and it's crummy. Like I have times where I crash a bit and I cry a bit and you help me feel better about stuff. But most of the time, I'm very, very driven to do everything I can to make the most of a situation that is not always ideal. And so I think that restorative has really helped shape the way I approach difficulties and challenges in life, but particularly with health issues. Good. That's a good example. I think I've seen that with you too, with restorative in that way. And as a reminder for people listening and also for maybe you, Kendra, although you probably remember this as well, is that that is a executing theme. All the themes are divided into four possible domains, executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. And not that those themes can only do those things, but it kind of, that's the primary lens through which those themes operate. So restorative it's about how you do things, how you get things done. And so when you see a problem, then you often want to do something about it. And that's kind of where that's rooted. Mm, yes, that makes sense. Yes. So the flip side, the basement or the hinder or the ditch side of it, and when you see restorative, where has it given you less of what you want? How's it gotten in your way or hindered you? I find it very, very difficult to walk away from something that isn't working because I will just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. And it's led to burning out in some situations and staying with some relationships or staying with different things that I've tried to do in my life past the point where it was healthy. And the most recent example of that was a few years ago, I was leading a group with a friend of mine and it had reached a point where it just was kind of dead and I didn't want to accept it. The group was straggling along and I was still believing that like we could make this work we could make this a good thing and it, for multiple different reasons it just wasn't working anymore and finally my friend said to me I can't like I just can't keep going because I don't think this is a workable situation anymore and I was so glad that she was honest enough with me to tell me she was feeling that way because I realized I actually was feeling very burnt out by it myself but I don't know if I would have recognized that without her saying something. And I think I would just have kept trying and trying. And I don't know what it would have taken for me to finally realize without her saying that, that it was just time to let it go because not everything needs to be restored. And I have a hard time making that call. Yeah, it's one of those things where oftentimes when our themes aren't helping us the way that we want them to help and they're getting in our way, it impacts others around us too. Mm, yeah, that's very true. And when they're being done well, they can also help <laughs> others around us too, right? So it's not just others around us are only impacted when they're out of balance or, or not going well. Mm -hmm. It can work that way too. So for me, I'll share one and I'll share, you picked your third theme, restorative. So I'm going to pick my third theme, self-assurance. Uh -huh. So I have strategic belief, self-assurance, ideation, futuristic. Typically when I do this exercise with groups, when I facilitate workshops, I do share examples with them. I usually share my number one and my number two balconies and basements. So this is almost a new experience for me too, talking about self-assurance. I don't share all my five because it just takes too long for me to explain them all, but self-assurance. So basically for anyone listening in, I guess the best way of defining self-assurance is that you have a lot of confidence in being able to kind of handle anything that might come your way. That's probably the best way of summarizing it. And for me, I think it comes across in a way, just in general, and I'll talk about balconies and basements, that there's not a whole lot that at least on the outside phases me, throws me off. Even if there is things on the inside, self-assurance allows me to come across just very 
confident and secure about what's going on. So when I think of different ways from balconies and basements that it helps me, one of the things that relates to something exactly like what we're doing now, whether it's doing a podcast or presenting when I'm in front of people, I really rely a lot on my self-assurance to give me that confidence and give me that presence in a way. Mm-hmm. It seems weird saying that I have a presence when I'm doing things, but people have said that. And so it gives me that ability to just have that confidence that comes across. I think my material that I share comes across with more power ways that I lead just comes across in a much better way because of self-assurance when I'm doing that. So I view that as a very specific example of what self-assurance helps me with and gives me more of what I want people's lives to be changed and organizations to be impacted. And my self-assurance makes that happen. Hmm. That makes sense. When it's a basement, and I've been wrestling through this actually more recently, a basement is sometimes my self-assurance makes people around me feel like I am intimidating or maybe too direct or too strong with what I say and what I do, which is interesting because I don't think I am a very intimidating person. And most people I talk to who are friends of mine and kind of closer would say that I'm a pretty warm and person. I think I would say that (laughs) you are a very warm person and just like very friendly and very easy to get along with and all those kind of things. But when I'm sharing an opinion or providing instructions and stuff like that, I think my self-assurance can get in the way because people feel like there is no room to discuss sometimes. And I like discussing. I think there is room to discuss. And so I need to be careful with how I come across. And what I say with a lot of the workshops that I do, it isn't so much that you need to never use your theme if it is a hindrance, like if it gets in the way, if it's a basement, you just need to be aware of what it does so that you can manage around that a little bit more and try not to let that be where it goes. So for me, I'm trying to learn how to be less direct and less kind of aggressive in a way with how I talk about some of the things that I am talking about when it comes to the people around me. So do you find, whether in your own personal experience or with people that you coach, do you find that it's very often patterns that like usually people, when they're heading into the basement, that generally it's same behaviors so that they can identify it faster? Or is it kind of, it shows up differently all the time? Well, I always encourage them to be as specific as they can in thinking of a practical example. Uh-huh. And because as soon as you think of that practical example, then it allows you to build that kind of awareness of when that practical example that you were thinking about starts to happen again or comes up again, right? So yeah, I'm not sure if I'm exactly answering your question, if it's patterns so much as it's remembering and realizing when those situations are happening. So it's usually consistent, but I mean, maybe it's just that the more awareness you get, the more times you'll notice other areas where you could also see it happening. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what it's like for me. Hmm. The next theme that we'll do. We'll each do one more theme here. And then maybe if we want to, if people are liking this and want to add some comments and put some feedback wherever you're listening to this or watching this, if you want us to do another episode with more balconies and basins with more of our themes. But Kendra, do you have a second theme that you'd want to cover before we wrap things up? I would say empathy would be another one that I've been thinking a lot about. Okay, so let's do empathy for you, and I will do futuristic for me. But how about you start with empathy? We'll make this a little bit shorter than the first ones we did, just so we don't have people listen forever to our Stronger at Home podcast. Although you probably could listen forever. (laughs) Kendra and I talking, I know. But to keep it bite-sized, Kendra, how about you start off with empathy balcony? I would say that empathy is a very useful tool, like especially in parenting. Hopefully in marriage, you benefit from that too. But I think that it gives me the ability to make room for 
our kids' feelings and be able to understand and support them when they're going through hard stuff. And so in a balcony sense, I feel like it's a really useful strength that I can use in a lot of different situations and relationships that I'm in. But I've been thinking a lot about basement empathy, that version, because during COVID, when we were staying home all the time, I realized because I wasn't interacting with a lot of people, I realized that I hadn't learned healthy boundaries with my empathy because I was using it like on whoever, wherever, whenever. Like I know how to ask questions that will make people open up. And so I would get deep into emotional topics with like random strangers, like at the airport or the technician taking my blood at the lab or wherever. And it was burning me out because I was feeling feelings for everybody, like random strangers that I wouldn't feel again, feel again, (laughs) meet again. And I realized it wasn't actually like fair or healthy to be using the kind of questions that I was with strangers because they would have this deep conversation with me. And sometimes it was like, if they were at work and they had a moment and we got into a deep conversation, like what was I leaving them with? I was bringing them to this point of feeling strong emotions and then they had to go back to work and I would never see them again. And so I wasn't even able to offer support or continue to give empathy or anything like that. It was just this one-time conversation and then leaving them. And I realized that it wasn't a healthy thing for them or for me. And so it made me start to get more intentional about my boundaries with my empathy. And when I'm in public places, I try to think about like, okay, what questions are going to take conversations to places that just aren't helpful for either of us? Yeah. And I think that sums it up pretty well. I mean, both the positive and the basement for you on that. For me, when I was thinking of futuristic, and again, futuristic is one that I haven't done before in this exercise when I'm presenting, I've done it before for myself a couple of years ago when I got certified and the balcony side of futuristic for me is I get excited about what the future can be, right? Futuristic kind of lives in the future. It pictures the future, imagines the future, gets inspired by the future and also inspires others. And so futuristic for me, like from a very practical example, I find that I can do really well with motivating a group of people towards the mountain we're climbing or the outcome that we want to achieve because I can picture it and talk about it and paint the picture very nicely for it. And I think of the different examples and I've been either a leader or been a part of a team where that's helped the team to work really well together towards that outcome. Right. The basement side of things is that sometimes I'm kind of so excited about the future. I don't get the things done now that I need to get done now. And it can get in the way of kind of the here and now, the tasks that you need to do sometimes or the even the thinking about now types of things, right? And so it's something I've had to work through as well that I can't just be picturing the future like, oh, in a month or two or three, this is what my business will look like or this is what whatever I'm thinking about will look like. It's great. I need to be able to picture that, but let's do something now and let's do it and do it well. Hmm. So that's kind of the basement of futuristic for me. Yeah. I don't know any other thoughts or questions that come to mind from your end as we've talked about balconies and basements. I'm trying also to think about, like, you share lots of examples from work because you spend a large amount of your time working. But from a parenting perspective, do you notice yourself going into the basement with anything, like with either of those related Mm. to parenting? That is a great question. Well, I think self-assurance that it applies even with our kids. Sometimes I probably come across very confident and direct about something that I'm asking them to do or telling them to do. And maybe it doesn't need to be that confident and direct in some of the things that I'm doing, giving them more space that might factor in there, balconies and basements. 
futuristic. Like I think that there's that here and now, even with our kids that whether it's something that we need to work on with our kids or something, right? Like, Oh, it's all going to be fine. Here's the picture of the future. So like here and now maybe is forgotten by me in those moments. <laughs> and your restorative is trying to solve the problem here and now. And I'm just in the, yeah. I'm in the future. So there's a potential challenge for us that has probably been evident that we're putting new language around right now. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. It's going to change. Everything. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> did that help answer your question though? Yes, it did. Okay. Well, and maybe you are listening to this and you have questions about anything that we have said please send those questions either in the comments or wherever you're listening or watching, send us an email if you want as well. And we'd be happy to either answer those questions in the comments or in the emails or in future podcast episodes. And if you have a podcast episode suggestion that you'd like to send us, send that to us as well. We'd be happy to figure out how to build this podcast to be useful for the most people possible when we're talking about Stronger at Home. Kendra, any additional thoughts or closing comments or anything like that from your end? No, I'm good. Well, then thank you all for listening to Stronger at Home episode two. We will try to publish another episode sometime sooner than we did between the first and second, but we'll see what happens with that. And enjoy being a, well, I won't assume you're a parent. Enjoy your journey at home, whatever that might look like. Remember, balconies, when you're using the strengths and talents you have to give you more of what you want and to be at your best in basements, when your talents are giving you less of what you want or when they're getting in your way from what you want to see happening, try to live on the balcony, enjoying the hot tub mountain view, and <laughs> stay out of that creepy, dingy, dark, villain-filled basement.